Who dat and welcome back to Kenosha Chronicles podcast. I'm Rios as always, Brendan Ertle. Today I'm here to break down this nice Saints win on Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. I love it. No team in the NFL I love beating more than the Seattle Seahawks. From where I'm from, uh, that's that's a very nice win because I'm from the Pacific Northwest. So always love that win. Hope everyone had a really good Tuesday, Victory Tuesday, uh, with the game being on Monday night. I know I was not the only one who drove to work with Casanova blasting in their car. Uh, that That's for sure. I, I know many Saints fans were doing that because no win sweeter than Seattle Seahawks beating them in Seattle. Now let's jump right into this game. The Saints beat the Seahawks 13-10 and it wasn't pretty. And and that, that's just how I'm going to start this. It, it really wasn't pretty. But in two to three weeks, we're, we don't care how it looked. I mean, this isn't going to be a game where you go back and like, let me watch the highlights of this game. That was a really good game to watch. I mean, not necessarily. For the defensive side of the ball, was phenomenal. I really thought was, there was some good stuff there and some really good highlights for the Saints particularly. Now, all that matters is that you won this game. You improved to 4-2, and two, and next up you got a date with the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks in your building. And this will be their second time in the Superdome this whole season this whole season they've gone six weeks plus without playing a game in their dome besides that New York Giants game which we all knew what happened there and the first thing I want to talk about is Jameis Winston and how we looked in this game now this was this was a very different game than what we've seen in just terms of uh, personality character uh, drive just from the whole team and it, it felt like Jameis was fired up and this seemed like the first game that he had control of the offense maybe not was as successful as he wanted but I felt like he had control now the the situation that everyone's going to go to is him yelling at Trey Cole on the sideline that's accountability he said that after the game that was just communication and it needs to be I mean not all communication is going to be hey man uh we need you to lapse the ball faster you didn't run this route better it sometimes it takes yelling and Sean Payton was there Pete Carmichael was there they didn't stop him obviously something need, needed to be said there was need to be some, some communication there and a few minutes later they dapped up they they hugged it out it looked like Trey Con saying yeah my mind wasn't right or something but yeah I mean that needed to be said now, back on Jameis controlling this game, I'm not calling him a game manager, but he's done an excellent job controlling these games. This is his fourth game in New Orleans where he had no turnovers, zero, none. And he is six games into his Saints tenure, and already four of those games had no turnovers. Now, the turnovers that he did have, we look at the Carolina Panthers game, two interceptions, and the Washington football team, a pick and a fumble. And those came, those came in two games. The rest of the four, no turnovers. His whole entire tenure with the Tampa Bay Bucks, he had four total. That right there is not good coaching. Obviously, the Tampa Bay Bucks put him in a situation where he wasn't prepared, wasn't in the right situation. Uh, you could go on and on, but you don't put your quarterback in position to throw 30 interceptions. 
And so far, whether uh, you've liked what you've seen from Jameis or not, he's thrown 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, and the Saints are 4-2. That's all that matters. It hasn't been pretty at all, but they've won four out of their first six games, and they could have won five. Now, moving forward, this is a defensive team. I mean, over the six weeks, we've talked about identity. What is the Saints' identity? The identity of the New Orleans Saints is play hard, tough defense. This is a defensive team with an offensive-minded head coach. Things will be fine in New Orleans. Sean Payton always finds a way to get this done. Whether the defense has been a little rough or perfect, the Saints have always found a way to win. Now, they got some real challenges coming up with the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Falcons, divisional opponent, never easy. They got the Titans coming up as well, the Cowboys coming up, uh, the Bills on Thanksgiving. Just things don't get easier for the Saints from here on out. So it's going to be hard for the Saints to, to be average and win these games. They have to start being successful and uh, have not just big plays and little plays. Have some tempo. Have some rhythm. They'll be getting Michael Thomas back soon as well. So we, we will see how the offense turns out. But let's start off with the defense in this game. Before I dive too deep into the offense, let's talk about the defense. And they were excellent. A few plays away from being perfect. Now the two things I'm going to talk about. The Seattle Seahawks scored 10 points. One was a fluke touchdown where Marshawn either slipped, got pushed, uh, tripped, whatever. doesn't really matter. And Marcus missed the tackle. That tackle needs to be made by Marcus Williams, one. And two, Marshawn Lattimore just can't fall in man-to-man coverage with DK Metcalf. He will beat you. And I know they got tangled up a little bit, whatever. So that was one touchdown. That was one play, an 84-yard touchdown. Their other three points came on an Adam Troutman fumble which gave them the ball at the 30-ish, 20-ish yard line, which was an already imperfect scoring position. And the defense shut them down for that drive. So they just settled for three, and it was a long field goal. It was like a 50-something yard field goal, and he nailed it. They did their job in that possession. All the other possessions, nothing. There was nothing. Seattle had a few good drives that were pieced by ref flags on Marcus Davenport. Who knows what he did on that pass rush. A Marshall Lattimore punch. There was just many things that led to one successful drive for the Seahawks, and they didn't get any points about it. It was a missed field goal. So the defense was phenomenal. I mean, you could talk about so many different players. The two players I'm going to talk about first is Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan. I thought they were both very good, but Davenport especially, excellent. Very good. I mean, the stats won't show for Davenport, but his pressures were he was there all day and all night. And when Davenport's playing well, I've noticed – the only person that benefits more from that is Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan had a really good night, whether it says that on the stats or not. He finally got his first sack. I haven't been harping on him too much because I know how good of a player he is. And I've been seeing too much hate for Cam, on Cam Jordan from Saints fans. And I'm not going to take hate from Cam Jordan because here's why. His play hasn't been amazing. He hasn't put up insane numbers like he did a few years ago. But the best ability in the NFL is availability, and he's been that and so much more for the Saints. I would look at Davenport and Pate Turner, both promising young players. They don't see the field a ton. I mean, Davenport, this was his second game. Pate Turner missed this game. I mean, they haven't all three played together, not once. Pate Turner missed week one. He was healthy scratch. They haven't all played together. We've yet to see all three DNs play together. And the only consistent has been Cam Jordan. And he is the most active 
defensive end in the NFL in terms of consecutive starts. He's got triple more than the person behind him, which is Al-Kadim Muhammad, which is the Saints drafted a long time ago with 50 starts, and Cam Jordan's got 150-something. And it's just crazy. I will not take the Cam Jordan slander. Now, the linebacking core was absolutely incredible. DeMarlo Davis had yet another vintage game, two sacks, a handful of tackles, a near interception, and he was in on almost every single tackle. He was the most active linebacker in that game. And I will tell you this right now. He was the best linebacker who stepped on that field for both teams. And I'm going to say it. He's better than Bobby Wagner right now. Bobby Wagner's a really good vet. I didn't see Bobby Wagner's name called a ton last night. And he did. He, I mean, Bobby Wagner's a legend. He's going to go down as one of the best uh, in Seattle history and maybe all time. But DeMar Davis right now is playing the best football I've seen on anyone in the entire NFL. And that needs to be said. No one's talking about that at all. Now, beside him, Pete Warner, second-round draft pick rookie. He stood out a little bit in training camp, played pretty well his first few weeks. He was excellent as well. He had almost twice, almost three times more snaps than Quan Alexander. Quan didn't play a ton this game, uh, whether that being because injury or they like what's, what they're seeing from Pete Warner. Quan not playing a ton is a good thing for the Saints. Quan Alexander, an LSU legend, isn't playing a ton for the Saints. At linebacker, we've never had a problem like that, and it's a good problem to have. If you can sub in excellent linebackers on every down, man, that's why they call it the Juice Boys. Every person that subs into that game brings juice. And you know who brought the juice today? The secondary. I mean, just go look on Twitter. Go look up CJ Garner Johnson's Twitter and tell me they didn't have a good day. He was talking about seat belts and strapping wide receivers. They did. CJ Garner Johnson had a great game. Almost had two picks. He was on people like a seatbelt. Marshawn Lattimore obviously had that one slip up. But besides that... DK Metcalf did nothing. The, the announcers were like, why aren't they throwing a DK? DK? It's because he wasn't open. Marshawn was just blanket coverage on him all day long. And yes, I, I'm gonna, I was a little frustrated in why he punched him, but he's a grown man. I mean, I would have been frustrated too. DK was grabbing his jersey, pulling his helmet, grabbing his face mask, and there was no call. I mean, yeah, it's just football, whatever. There's a run play going on right next to them. That's a hold. I'd be frustrated too. I'd be really frustrated. And I think Marshawn had a really good game. And, I mean, DK's one of the most strong wide receivers in the NFL. And Marshawn was manned up, pressed manned up every single down. And he held his own. Besides that one 84-yard touchdown, he only had one catch. And you know what else I'm going to talk about is Paulson Adebo. Tyler Lockett coming this game. I was a little worried. I said maybe Bradley Roby plays more than we've seen him play because Tyler Lockett has been burning people. He's been a problem this year. Well, Paulson Adebo, two catches, 26 yards. And he had a really good uh, call what you want, but he had a really good defense on Tyler Lockett on one deep ball and pretty much shut him down. So just the defense as a whole was very, very good. I was really encouraged by that. And once it, once the Saints got the lead at halftime, it really felt like they were going to win this game. I was extremely confident that the Seahawks would not score again unless we turned it over. And that's exactly what happened. Because that defense was doing everything right. They were doing everything perfect. It just felt like they were ultimately going to win that game. And moving forward, if they keep playing like this, that's a championship-level defense. They just need the offense to start putting together too.
Now some sh let's shift the gears to the offensive side of the ball. This was a frustrating game, I'd say. And that's a uh, little understatement. It was a little frustrating for all of us. We know. Uh, the one bright spot was Alvin Kamara. Almost had a record of his in terms of receiving and rushing the football. Now, in rushing the, running the ball didn't have much success all game. And Seattle really tried to stop him. They said, you got to beat us through the air. And they really challenged him to do that. They really stacked the box every single time. And it was like, maybe the offensive line's not playing well. It was because they were stacking the box. They had uh, six or seven in the box every single time because they were just bailing out to stop Kamara. And when it came in the pass game, I don't know why, but the first half they just said, yeah, just take take this cushion. And that didn't happen in the second half. They bracket-coveted Kamara. And the fact that an NFL defense is bracket-covering a running back is just phenomenal. Uh, and that was the reason they kind of struggled a little bit. Wide receivers and tight ends, I didn't see them. They didn't really play well. And Sean Payton said it too. Uh, they didn't like how they played. And we were all looking forward to this Traquan Smith debut. It was everything but a debut. It was it was rough for Traquan. I mean, all the memes you'll see Jameis yelling at him, um, him not running his route. I, the first series of the game where he probably could have had a touchdown if he kept running. Uh, his offensive pass interference, his one catch. I don't know why I started him in fantasy. Why did I do that? One catch. Uh, I was really hoping for more, and hopefully we see more. I mean, hopefully, we're going to need to. Unless the Saints bring in another guy via trade or free agency, he's going to need to do more. Or this is going to be a rough few weeks for the Saints. It will be. Because the defense can't do it all. And Jameis has been pretty freaking good. That two-minute drive going into the half, that was the best drive of the whole season. The whole season. There was no drive better, in my opinion. Jameis had one off throw, and he fumbled the snap, but he ended up scoring on that exact play. What a perfect Jameis play it was. But that was a perfect whole series. The throws were on time. It had a perfect throw to Callaway inside the receiver and away from the DB. He had a few other really good throws. But besides that, it was lackluster at best. I mean, there was two throws that really stood out to me where it would look like cover two, man, and he... Uh, it was second long and then third and long. And he per he put that ball right where the receiver could get it and only where the receiver could get it two times in a row. Two of his best throws I've seen from this season. Both were dropped. And those would have been big-time catches. I mean, I'm not saying I would have been able to catch that. But when you're in the NFL getting paid millions, you're expected to catch that. And it was a perfect ball. Right down the sideline, DB and safety couldn't get it. Perfect ball. You put, that puts the Saints in the red zone. They score again. But both were dropped. They ended up punting. So the receivers didn't really step up in this game. It was rough. And I would be surprised if they don't bring in someone else. And yeah, they have Michael Thomas coming back soon. But are you just going to expect Michael Thomas to just be back in his 2018 form where he had 146 catches or something and you can't guard him on any route? It's going to take some time, and he's probably not going to get back to that form for a while, if at at all. I mean, who knows? Who knows how bad this injury has plagued him? We don't know. We haven't seen him play football in almost two years. And works every week, we're just kind of hoping that he comes back, and it's just the all-pro best wide receiver in the league, Michael Thomas. Even when Michael Thomas is in this offense, 
at his best. This offense needs another wide receiver. We were saying it needs another wide receiver with Emmanuel Sanders, with Ted Ginn Jr. But now, Traquan Smith and Michael Thomas are pairing up, and it's not looking too bright. The trade deadline, November 2nd. I'd be surprised if they don't make a move of some sort. Uh, Willie Sneed just got cut. Some people would like that. Brandon Cook's name has been floating around. Odell's name has been thrown around. Uh, Allen Robinson. There's so many of these different guys, but who knows? We'll just have to wait and see on that. To wrap things up, I want to mention one other guy. Actually, two guys. Special teams. Blake Gilligan, legend, had a punt inside the one. And Brian Johnson, his first career game, had a game-winning field goal, nailed a PAT. And for the first time in a few weeks, I was not nervous when a kicker was kicking because Sean Payton doesn't put confidence in players that he doesn't trust. And he's put so much confidence and nice things into this guy. Coming into this game, I knew he was going to be a stud. And they're going to need to be, he's, no, he's going to need to be for the rest of the season because Will Lutz announced today that he will miss the entire season. He had a major setback in recovery. Uh, the Saints activated him off IR. He had 21 days to uh, be put on the 53-man roster. He's not going to hit those 21 days. So he will be out for the whole entire season, which sucks. But Brian Johnson, Brian Johnson we can call him BJ. We can call him the Johnson. We can call whatever we want. Uh, he steps in, and it's his job for the rest of the year. Some other injury news to end this thing up. Andrews Pete. The left guard who the Saints have only played 6% of the NFL season with their five starting linemen. Uh, it looks like he'll be done for the year. He, it looks like he tore his pec. He's getting more tests pretty much as we speak. So uh, it looks like the Saints will finish the year with just 6% as it stands right now of snaps played with their starters. And that will only get smaller and smaller. But Calvin Throckmorton has played really well. He allowed one pressure on 36 snaps when stepping in for Andreas. So... Uh, big things to come for Calvin, and who knows what Andrews Pete's future is with the Saints. Whether you like him or not, he's been a few Pro Bowls. He's been a good guard for us, and we'll have to see about his future in New Orleans. That wraps up today's podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. The Saints beat the Sea Chickens 13-10. Their record improves to 4-2. and Next up, the Tampa Bay Bucks on Halloween. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next episode. Who that? Let's go. We on the road. The next stop, the Super Bowl. Hell yeah, you know we on. We built to do this all night long. Who that? Who that say they gon' beat them Saints? They a lie. They can try, but in the don't we know they?